Coming up. Businesses that listen to their workforce and continue to adapt post-COVID are the ones that are going to remain competitive. During lockdown, how we communicate with each other has changed dramatically. Face-to-face meetings have been replaced with screens with the inevitable tech challenges at times. Digital fatigue is commonplace, so has the art of listening been lost? Digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning Podcast. Hello, I'm Justin from TED Learning, and I'm joined in this podcast by Ed Clark, one of our associate trainers and actors, to discuss the art of listening. So, Ed, firstly, what do we mean by the art of listening? First and foremost, it's a book by a psychoanalyst called Eric Fromm, and he believed that really effective listening was a key component in the treatment of his patients. He actually said that the art of therapy is the art of listening. I think transferring it to a modern context of the workplace, it's the idea that whether you're working in the customer service channel, whether you're working as a leader within business, that really effective listening and crucially showing the person that you're speaking to that you are listening is a required emotional skill. How do you think listening skills have been challenged in the current environment that we're working in? Well, my listening skills have certainly been challenged by listening to how to set up Zoom and plug in a microphone. So that's me personally. What COVID has forced the workforce to do in general is obviously to to work from home. And actually, broadly, it's worked. The mix of Zoom or Microsoft Teams and not being in the office so much, it hasn't broken companies. I think that post-COVID, the workforce is going to come back and going to want that mix to remain. They're not going to want to be in the office every single day at 7.30 anymore because it's not required. You can have board meetings, you can have client meetings over Teams, over Zoom. And now that it's been happening because we haven't been allowed to be face-to-face, I think that's going to remain. So businesses that listen to their workforce and adapt and continue to adapt post-COVID are the ones I think are going to remain competitive. And what does good listening look like to you? I did a workshop about two years ago and one of the delegates told me about this theory she'd heard called the three levels of listening. Um, And it was absolutely brilliant. It was one of those moments in a workshop where I was like, you know, you should just take over and be the facilitator. What the great thing about this theory, the three levels of listening, it shows how imperfect our listening skills are. So the first level of listening, the most basic level is listening to speak. A really good example of this is if you get a couple of drunk people they're just sort of shouting at each other they're only really interested in their own agenda it's characterized by lots of interruptions by loud voices and not really caring about what the other person is saying there's very little communication that's actually going on If you were to ask one of those people, what did that person just say? They'd find it very difficult to recall anything because when we're talking, we we can't listen. So it's called listening to speak because it's it's as if we're just waiting for, for our turn to speak. The second level of listening is called listening to hear. The idea with listening to hear is that we're physically hearing the sounds that people are making, but we're not acknowledging or comprehending what they're saying. And a really good example of this is if you've ever had to call up your um, energy company or your mobile phone provider with a complaint, because they're on a script a lot of the time, it's as if they're not really listening. So I had to phone up my energy provider about two years ago. I lived in this this block of six flats and they basically got the meterings mixed up and they were charging me for three of the blocks. 
And it happened twice. And so this was December, they'd taken 600 pounds out of my account. And I phoned them up and said, look, this has happened before. This is the second time it's happened. It's just before Christmas, you've taken 600 pounds out of my account, to which the customer service agent replied, can I take your account number down, please? So there's no comprehension or acknowledgement of anything I've just said. They've just read off a script. And that's why often that these call centers are, are accused of, you know, they didn't listen to me, is because they're not acknowledging or applying to what I've actually said. The third level of listening is listening to understand. It's kind of what we're doing now over this, this podcast. If I take that example I just gave you about not comprehending and not acknowledging, that example when someone was listening to understand might be like, I'm really sorry to hear that. You mentioned it's happened once before this already and you're right, it's just before Christmas and you've had 600 pounds taken out of your account. That's really tricky. Let me see if I can sort this for you. Can I just take your account number? They've actually quoted some of the things I've said back to me to really show that they're listening. There's some empathy in there, there's an apology. The difference between those examples is vast. One where we're really present, really listening. One where we just act like we don't really care. I mean, you, you touched on the fact that, that some people aren't particularly good at it and, and some people just genuinely don't listen. You know, they are very active in the speaking. And, you know, there's the old saying of you've got two ears and one mouth and you should use it in that proportion. How should somebody handle someone who is just not good at listening? Because the temptation is to get frustrated and say, you're not listening to me. But more often than not, that doesn't seem to get the best out of them. What's your advice? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Accusing someone of not listening is, is a surefire way of them continuing to not listen. And it also, in saying that, it begins to change our behaviour and our attitude towards them. And as soon as we become kind of emotionally hijacked in that conversation, we're probably not listening either. Firstly, we need to have that self-awareness that when someone isn't listening, that we remain calm and remain in control of the way we're communicating. Sometimes asking them to repeat back some of the things you said is a good way to check their listening. Ask them if there's anything they haven't understood. And what I find is a really good way of getting buy-in from them is perhaps at the end of the conversation, just say something like, look, we've talked about a lot of things and it's quite a lot of information. Can you just give me a summary of what we've just talked about? Because then it forces them on to the front foot a little bit and to try and remember some of the things that the conversation has entailed. If they get a bit stuck, then obviously we can still say, oh, what we discussed was X, Y, and Z. It's a manner of things. It's forcing them into the conversation a bit more, but also it's keeping our own behavior and our own style of communication nice and controlled and even. But what about those people that say, I can listen and do a task? And there are people out there, you know, that, that can multitask very effectively. I guess the impact on you as the person that's speaking is it doesn't feel like they're listening, but they are listening and are able to repeat back. How, how might we deal with that? Or do we just accept it? Yes. I think people can multitask, but when it comes to an emotional skill, like listening, I think it's very difficult to multitask. You know, and yes, sometimes people can repeat back verbatim what you said, but it doesn't actually mean that they've listened. I think it's about being genuine. So I work with a lot of doctors who are training to become GPs. And one of the exams they do, there's a clinical part and there's a non-clinical part. And I obviously work in the non-clinical part. They're purely marked on how they're communicating with the patient, the relative, or whoever's in the scenario. Now, the difficulty is that empathy and listening skills are a key part of their marking scheme. And 
a lot of them have been taught to say things like I understand and to do non-verbal affirmations. So to go, mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm. But the trouble is you get some candidates who think, right, I've got to empathize. So I say, I understand, mm-hmm, I understand, mm-hmm. Mm, I understand, but it's not genuine and it completely doesn't scan. We've got to mean it when we say it, otherwise it comes across as just not genuine. Talk us through how you can practice listening. The first part of the practice is having that understanding that I am an imperfect human, I'm an imperfect listener, but always striving to seek to that level of listening, which is listening to understand. Other simple tools which we can practice our listening is to use a thing called playback. Playback is simply quoting back some of the things that the person you're speaking to has said. Go back to that example of the customer service agent at Empower. If they were listening to understand, they might have said something like, you mentioned it's happened once before. You also mentioned that Christmas is coming up and you've had this money taken out of your account. We can't be accused of not listening if we genuinely quote back the things that the person has said. Also using empathy is really important. Often empathy, people think it's just saying, you know, I understand, but it's so much more than that. It's doing everything you can to show the person you're speaking to, they've got their back. So if it's a complaint or there's stress or there's some anxiety, it's saying, do you know what? That's really tough. Or we can go one step further and actually agree with them. Do you know what? That is annoying. Do you know what? That is wrong. That isn't good enough. When we agree with someone, when we show that high level of empathy, we cannot be in conflict. There's no conflict where there's agreement. So yeah, so I think having that self-awareness and seeking to listen to understand at all times, showing that empathy, playing back some of the things they've said. And also, I think sometimes really showing we're listening is just simply saying sorry to people. That word has become a sort of no-go area for customer service for decades because as if we say sorry, we're somehow culpable or responsible. Saying sorry is just a really simple way to try and connect with someone and to try and show them that we're listening. Again, it's got to be done genuinely, but if it is, it's such an impactful word. I think it's probably the most impactful word. And final question, do you think good listeners tend to make good leaders in in work if leadership within a business show effective listening when it comes to their employees and their clients then that should be reflected within the business in general the managers are good listeners within their teams going right down to customer facing who are effective listeners to the customers so i really think it's that simple i think as well thinking post-covid trust is going to be such an important thing for businesses when things hopefully get back to normal and i think a big part of trust is being able to listen effectively to the people who interact with your business. If you trust a business, that usually means that you'll stick with them, whatever they're providing you. Distilling it down, really effective listening from leadership all the way through to the customer facing side of the business creates trust, which basically affects the bottom line in the end. Ed Clark, thank you very much for uh, talking to us about the art of listening. Thank you for listening to this TED Learning podcast. For more podcasts, visit podcast.tedlearning.co.uk or you can find our podcasts on most podcast platforms. This podcast was produced by TED Digital.